was worth the wait, right? <laughs> we continue to celebrate Easter, this victory in Jesus. Um, as we have said repeatedly over these last few weeks, while it seems that um, Easter is over, uh, Easter things can be on sale, for us within the church, we claim this to be Easter tide, the Easter season, and continue to read stories of, um, from scripture of Jesus's post-resurrection experiences, encounters with his disciples. So this morning, we um, hear Jesus at the beach from John chapter 21, verses 1 through 14. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we'll go with you. And they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared to ask, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. And this was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ah, oh, God, thank you for scripture, for this holy book we call the Bible, for the good news that it brings us of Jesus the Christ present. Open us to this lesson this morning and our ability, our openness to seeing you in our midst. Amen. So the title of that uh, passage in my scripture, in my Bible, is Jesus Appears to the Seven Disciples. And it says in that one verse that you heard or read on the screen, just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach. But the disciples did not know it was Jesus. This seems to be a recurring theme, right? From Mary Magdalene to the um, walk to Emmaus, Cleopas and his companion, to these disciples this morning. It was only after this catch that the disciple whom Jesus loved said, it is the Lord, that somehow 
this one, most likely John, recognized Jesus. There is this consistency, Jesus present in a resurrected form, but his followers don't at first recognize him, but then there is that ah, ah, that aha moment. Now we see. Last week, I began to share the stories with you that you had shared with me about times you felt that you had known Christ with you, God's presence, the Holy Spirit, however you worded it, but you knew that there was a divine presence either comforting you or inspiring you or directing you. And I need to recap just a little of last week's since there was no sound even in here. We were not mic'd and so um, you did not hear all of the stories. But briefly, the, and for those at home especially, the two pictures I showed in the beginning of my sermon that were how I knew, have known God in part this last um, six months was a picture of our of our little uh, friend Ever Klein, yeah, his first name is Ever, Ever Klein, um, who was born at one pound and 13 ounces. Um, he looked so frail and so small and it didn't seem like he could make it at all. And the second picture was him at six months around chubby 11 pound soul on Easter Sunday, God present. I shared stories, the felt presence of God one of you had told me about heart surgery and feeling a calmness because you knew that God held you in the palm of his hand. The felt presence of God in Jesus Christ in the time of when your car just seemed like it um, as it was turning and spinning. And, and in a prayer, Jesus, help me. It's in the Carrie Underwood song, Jesus, take the wheel. Um, found yourselves parked securely on the side of the road. A felt knowledge of Mary's suffering and your identity with her at the death of a son. The comfort and peace of God's arms wrapped around you, especially in your roughest days. Story of a sunbeam on a gravestone or a shooting star. A time when praying by the lake, when a, when a, cloud, when a wind came in and the clouds were moving very quickly. And then a beautiful angelic profile appeared in the cloud. And as this person shares of this, that I actually snapped a picture with the words, a longer story about how I happened to have a camera with me that day. But that cloud, it came, that angelic self came and then folded in on itself. It was magical and mystical and very meaningful. There has been this felt knowledge of Christ's presence, of comfort and strength and direction. What are we to do with our lives? A number of you shared stories that had to do with how you knew that Christ had answered your prayer about what am I to do next? Dr. Armindia Dixon shared this with me. Before Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. mentoring program, became a, P a Pennsylvania 21st Century Community Learning Center, it was a difficult decision to make because the grant writing for this would take almost a year of research and data collection. Mrs. Sarah Agnew, Dr. Ron Cole, and I were the major writers. The communication with the state was difficult to the point of wanting to give up, and we started asking ourselves if this was really worth it. 
One morning as I stood on the top of my steps leading to the first floor, I asked out loud, God, should we abandon this project? And then I heard the soft, clear voice of the Spirit saying, you cannot abandon this project. The students need this program. And at that point, I knew that we should keep working toward the end because our dear Father and his precious Son, Jesus, were with us each step of the way. Sudi Armit shares about her work with animals and that call in her lives to do that. While treating wild animals, I had many experiences that I cannot explain. And know that Jesus was working with me and through me. One incident I remember so vividly was a mourning dove with two broken legs. Mourning doves are gentle and quiet birds. This one was in the sick room with another mourning dove. They do much better when there are more than one of them in a rehabilitation center setting. This dove had been there for a while. The fractures in the legs had healed, but it seemed as though there was some nerve damage and it could not stand flat on its feet, but instead standing on the side of both ankles. I dreaded the thought of giving up hope for this sweet bird. I waited until later that day to put the bird down. And as I walked over to the container where the two doves were in, I stopped and looked in with disbelief. Both doves were standing flat on their feet. I could not tell them apart by just looking at them. This was certainly something out of my control. I was thrilled that this dove was now standing perfectly, and eventually it was given a second chance to live in the wild by being released with this other companion dove. As I continue with the work I'm doing with rescuing animals, I feel that this is how I serve God. God has put me on this earth to use me as a channel to not only rescue animals, but to share my experiences and help train and educate others. Even though I may have had years of experience, I still get nervous, a queasy stomach on each rescue I respond to. I pray to God as I drive to the rescue that I can help this wild animal. There are times that I've had a hard time believing that I was able to rescue an animal in a difficult situation, and I know I could not have done this without help. Sometimes after the rescue, I shake my head and I ask, how in the world did this happen? He was there the entire time. When I'm not able to rescue an animal, I trust that God will take care of the animal in his own way, to let the animal survive with a handicap or to die the only way it knows how with dignity called to care for animals, God's good creation. Another sharing about what God has enabled us to do. What comes to my mind when was your sermon about being a shepherd and not just the sheep. I met a couple on the beach while looking for glass when a man and a woman were looking for treasure also. I'd expressed how I love the beach to pray and sing and talk to those who have already passed. When the woman started crying and told me about her brother's suicide and her mother's recent death and another sibling's addiction, I listened and I asked if they had a church or a clergy to talk to. She said they had gone to a group that addresses families of those who have committed suicide, but she said it wasn't helping. We talked about attending a Nar-Anon or an Al-Anon group. She said she would look into finding a group in their area and also finding a church or a clergy to talk to. And she thanked me for listening. And it seemed like I was sent into their lives at just the right time. Hmm. 
happened from another. Another time while walking and meditating, I was very concerned about my son going to Iraq, and I didn't want him to go. As I walked, a very clear vision came before me of him leaning over a fallen soldier. He was a medic. And somehow I knew, and that's all in capitals, K-N-E-W, he had to go. He had to help and to provide healing and comfort to many. It was a very profound experience I will never forget. I was able to let go of him after that. I knew that he had a higher purpose in being there. I consistently heard, you have grown them up to do big things. You have to let them go, referring to my children. I found out much later how deep his faith had helped him and also how it had helped many of the boys and men who were struggling and that his character was needed to model and maintain sat sanity in a very unsettling situation. It isn't easy, but I know that each soul embodies to bring God's love and light into the world. We are all called in different ways. Mm. And finally, just a simple line. Every once in a while, someone reaches out and just says the right thing when you need it. Mm. Big and small. We know Christ's presence with us and also, not only do we know Christ's presence, but we are able to be um, conduit of Christ's presence in the world. That is our call. When we recognize Christ's presence with us, that we can be that in the world.